whoever did this has another motive. They're targeting cops. This shit's gonna go sideways fast. Someone's out there pulling all the strings. You wanna play games, motherfucker? Welcome to the Strange Harbors podcast, a weekly discussion of all things film, television, and pop culture. My name is Jeff Zhang, and tonight I'm joined by Amir Ture and Derek Wong. So tonight we'll be discussing the reboot slash ninth installment of the Saw franchise, Spiral from the Book of Saw, directed by Darren Lynn Bousman, who actually helmed Saw's 2, 3, and 4. The film tells a brand new story in the Saw universe, starring Chris Rock, Max Minghella, Marisol Nichols, and Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah, so Saw is back, baby. <laughs> is it good again, Awu? Or are we still trying to figure that out? <laughs> All right, so let's let's get this one thing out of the way. Like, this is not a good movie, I don't think. I think it's got like a cookie cutter plot. It's really predictable. And I think its attempt at social commentary is pretty laughable. But I really fucking like this anyway. The Saw continuity is a huge mess and... All I wanted was a new film that divorced itself from the franchise's insane, convoluted lore. And all I wanted was Chris Rock doing Chris Rock shit and Samuel L. Jackson doing Samuel L. Jackson shit. And a nice little detective story, nasty trash with tons of gore, and we got all that. What else more do you want, right? I I enjoyed myself watching this. Yeah, what about you guys? So I'm not like a big sawhead. Um, I'm not a big horror movie head, actually, so I wasn't really anticipating having a great time in this movie. I was like, oh, I want to like cringe through like the stupid traps and then like the story's going to suck. But I actually enjoyed this as well. I was very pleasantly surprised. I was shocked when I went home and I checked the Rotten Tomatoes and got a 39. I feel like this is a better movie than it's getting credit for. Like I enjoyed social justice plot or whatever. Like I thought it was a it's an it's an interesting take. It's 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 a very different motivation for your serial killer. Yeah, I, I, I was pleasantly surprised. And I feel like I would have liked the movie a lot less without that angle. We'll talk about it. What, what do you think, Derek? Safe to say that I probably, out of the three of us, enjoyed this the least. Boo. <laughs> I think Jeff's right. Like, maybe if you went into this expecting more, you were going to be highly disappointed. And I didn't go into this expecting that much. I mean, this is the ninth movie in a Saw franchise. Um this is not the Fast and the Furious franchise. I expect a lot from the Fast and Furious franchise, but I don't expect a lot from the Saw franchise. That is a very good point. It's not like the Saw movies are getting better and better with every movie, right? It's true. But I, I don't know. I think that this new angle deserved a better, I mean, I don't know what you want to call it, villain. I think it deserved a better twist. I think it honestly deserves a little bit better of a lead actor. I mean, we can get into that. Uh, I think it just, Jeff, you said it correctly when you said like the story is a little middling, kind of really just mediocre uh, at best. And mm-hmm. um, some of the social justice stuff doesn't really hit that well, even though I, I do agree with Amir that the, the cop angle of it all is a little interesting. But I, I just don't think the climax wasn't as, as satisfying as I wanted it to be. 
But yeah, we can get into those details as, as we get into talking a little bit more specific about the actors and the scenes in, in this movie. So, I mean, I did my homework a little bit. I tried to rewatch all of the Saw movies and I fucking failed at that. I couldn't do it. <laughs> I did one through four and then I just, I just can't keep going with this. I think the big weakness with the Saw franchise is it kept trying to one-up the iconic twist of the first movie. This first movie is legitimately great. I know we talked about this last week with the Jigsaw reveal, Tobin Bell getting up from like the middle of the room and, and like revealing that he's been alive this whole time. It's a great fucking twist. And I remember watching that in theaters and I was blown away as a teenager, right? And it kept trying to one-up that ending in all of the subsequent movies. And I think two and three are okay. I think there's a nice little trilogy there. But then, like, after that, I think it just goes super off the rails and very, very convoluted mythology. And and that's part of the reason why I like this one a lot, because you don't have to know jack shit about this franchise. You don't need to know anything about Jigsaw or, like, Hoffman or... Dr. Lawrence Gordon or any of that stuff. It's a totally new story. All you have to know is that Jigsaw's dead and there's like a new copycat out there targeting corrupt police officers. Yeah, he's basically using the same kind of games slash traps uh, in order to eliminate the people that this person wants to eliminate, but I guess still gives them the opportunity to escape and live, correct? Right. I don't know if you guys want to get into it now. I mean, you brought up the ending of the first Saw I'm curious to see what you guys thought about this ending with, you know, Samuel L. Jackson being strung up. And and then big thing is that I guess we were given clues the whole time that he was going to get strung up. And he was the one that the, uh, the target was after the whole time. I felt it didn't land in a way that was satisfying. I felt that this, I think, more than any other Saw movie is a really like a mystery thriller. Like, you know, it's it's a whodunit, right? Like, we're trying to figure out who did it and why they're doing it. Okay, so so as the Saw franchise continued from like four all the way to what's the last one? The final chapter. Jigsaw, I think it was the last one. Jigsaw. The more movies that came out, the more it fell into this formula of just watching these super unlikable characters just struggle through like a bottle episode of traps. They're just getting like chewed up by these traps and and that's it. And there's like a complicated police story behind it where it reveals like, oh, someone's related to Jigsaw this whole time. And every movie is the same, right? I think that even though this movie is very, very predictable, like I called from the middle of the movie that Max Minghella's character was going to be the killer. It's so freaking obvious. But at least this was like a detective story. This was like, I mean, don't go in expecting Zodiac or Seven or anything like that. But it was refreshing to see... Chris Rock and the the whole police department trying to find the killer instead of just all these stupid, unlikable people getting killed in gory ways by the traps. And that's the whole movie. Yeah, I, I don't know what you guys thought. I mean, I really enjoyed the traps in this one. It was, it was, they were nasty. They were they were more practical than like the last couple of installments where they had like the CGI blood and they were just getting a little more convoluted. This was very like back to basics, I think. I, I really like the traps in this one. So a couple of things about the traps. Well, the traps are kind of, to me, I was like, ugh, it's like cut right Hannibal. It's like very just like, 
a little bit creative, but not like creative enough to be art. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree, I agree. I mean, that's what a fucking serial killer would do, right? They're like particularly bright people. Like, so, I mean, I guess it's, it's fine. My other thing about the traps, more of a question for you guys. So, like, how important is it in the Saw franchise that the game he's playing is real? Like, does anyone ever, like, win the game? Not win, but, like, if you actually do the thing he says, are you able to keep your life? Yeah, I feel like that didn't happen in this movie. It didn't. I feel like the games were very much rigged for the person to lose. Yeah, yeah, which feels like not, like, what I'm expecting from, like, Saw Traps. I just, like, I haven't seen so I don't know, like, is this just something I'm making up or, like, an established I mean, fact, there was but... a storyline in the Saw franchise where, like, one of them eventually took it upon themselves. I think it was the Amanda character, right? Well, Amanda, the first victim, is the one that won, right? She wins, mm-hmm. mostly because she didn't have to, like, maim herself to win <laughs> the, the trap. So, like, in the first Saw, she has the reverse bear trap on her head, right? The one that blows up her head. Like, it's, it's inside her jaw. And she has to get the key to unlock the bear trap before the timer goes off and, and rips her head apart. And Jigsaw tells her that the key is inside her dead cellmate. And she has to dig through his stomach to get the key. But the twist is that the guy is still alive. So, she has to kill this dude to get the key out. And she does, and she pretty much, she just walks away, and she gets, like, the Stockholm Syndrome, and she becomes, like, Jigsaw's apprentice. That's, like, the whole thing with Amanda. One of Jigsaw's apprentices. All right, we're, we're, <laughs> we're not going into the, the rabbit hole of Saw continuity. It's just out of control. But I think as the series continued, I think the traps got more catch-22, lose-lose. I'm remembering this correctly, right? She's the one who turns and eventually starts designing traps that you can't escape, right? Right, right. Yeah. And that just goes against Jigsaw's philosophy. Yeah, the initial philosophy. But let's let's talk about these traps in this movie, right? Because I feel like they're designed where you can win, but the outcome where you win isn't much better than just fucking dying, (laughs) right? Well, specifically, I think it's this character named Beach, right? The one that has his fingers that need to get torn off. Yeah. That one seemed like there was no time. He barely activates the trap and he he maybe opens his mouth once to stop the mechanism. And then it didn't seem like he had enough time to actually win yeah, that. It, it, yeah, it didn't seem possible, right? Because like, so he's in this trap where he activates the trap with his mouth to rip his own fingers off, which allows him to climb out of the bathtub or else he would have been electrocuted, right? Yeah, okay, so he bites down on the thing, which turns the gears to rip his fingers off of his hand, right? And if he succeeds, the water stops filling up, where it's about to hit, like, a live wire, where he'd be electrocuted in the tub if if he couldn't rip his fingers off yeah. in time. I mean, that's, that fucking sucks, man. Yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. I feel like I would, I would just die in all of these traps. A thousand percent. Especially if you have to, like, continually press down on the trap to continue mm-hmm. ripping your own fingers off. You can't just, like, make that one decision and bite down and lose your fingers. Just, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, You have yeah. to continually bite down to continue slowly ripping your own fingers off in order to get away. And then, like, not go into shock and somehow get out of the tub in time. Like, there's no way. So, yeah, the traps are, like, super unfair. I mean, the first one, like, I could see, like, you're right, like, that would just totally mess up the dude, but he did seem like he had enough time to do it if he did it right away. The tongue thing? The thing's, like, latched to his tongue, and he had, all he had to do was jump. Yeah, tongue. Like, I feel t- like you had enough time. Yeah, he probably could have died. But Beach, I just feel like it didn't have enough time, and then 
I mean, the captain, I guess she had time. She had plenty of time, actually. Uh, she just didn't do it. But she'd be paralyzed, I right? Because the whole thing... I do have an issue with the last one, though, right? Because there is no trap that he can escape, right? It's not a test for Samuel Jackson. Chris Rock passes that portion of the test, right? He shoots the target so that he could free his father, but then his father's set up again to get shot on by the, the police that are, are going through the barricade. Like, there's no semblance of, I was ever going to let this person live. Yeah, but the test is for Chris Rock, not for Samuel L. Jackson. Because he targeted Samuel L. Jackson for death long before, right? Because, all right, the big twist is that Samuel L. Jackson, who plays Chris Rock's dad, which they're not far enough in age for him to do, but whatever, that's another thing. Yeah, I was going to say, like, I actually, like, wanted to look up how old Samuel L. Jackson is. I think there probably are, but, like, only barely. Samuel L. Jackson's 72. Well, Chris Rock's 56, so just barely. So barely, yeah, he could be yeah. his dad. <laughs> he had him really young. Yeah, he had him in high school. Yeah, I mean, I liked watching the drops. I'm a big gore hound, so mm-hmm. I, I kind of like watching watching things like that. Yeah, see, see, the traps were the thing I was looking for to the least, but they were okay. I mean, I, okay. I guess I'm glad you enjoyed it as a gore hound because for me, they weren't too gory. I wasn't like they weren't overwhelmed. I wasn't like, oh god, this is just like the movie, like. Obviously, it's the kind of movie where, you know, people are going to it for that, but it didn't rub your nose in it either. Yeah. Like, I was able to watch it. I wasn't, like, you know, turning away or anything. I mean, I I do want to talk about the gore in the entire Saw franchise a little bit, because I know film people have categorized this series retroactively as torture porn. We talked about this last week, too, but when Saw came out, it was not categorized as torture porn because it's not really that gory, the first movie. And the torture porn moniker only came about a year later with Eli Roth's Hostel. Mm-hmm. If you guys remember that. Yep. And the thing is, I think the gore and the painful traps in Saw are not as cruel or mean-spirited or like demeaning as the, the torture in Hostel. Because I think there's, like, sexual violence aspect in the Hostel series. I mean, obviously it's painful for, for the victims in Saw, but it doesn't feel that bad when you're watching it. You know what I mean? Well, I think it also because it, it chooses to pick characters, right? Like, the whole concept of Jigsaw is that he's supposed to be targeting people that he thinks deserves. Deserve it, quote, unquote. Uh, yeah, deserve these games and these torture me- mechanisms. So, I think... At times, you're not supposed to feel as bad. And, you know, like this one specifically, he's going after corrupt cops, right? He doesn't go after any of the good ones. He only goes after the ones he deems that are corrupt and for the most part are. So, like, I, yeah, I guess you don't feel as bad versus, like, I think, you know, Eli Roth's, you know, the Hostel series. It's, it's just a bunch of tourist kids, right? That just, like, go to the wrong hostel and they just get messed up. Yeah. And, yeah, there's, there is a big difference in that. But do you feel like this one is... No, I don't think this one's very mean or or cruel in ways that are gratuitous. I don't think so. I think this was fine. I don't know. I, I just I just really liked it. It was it was exactly what I wanted. And it was refreshing and it was fun. And I think part of it is just me being back in the theaters and I really like that experience. And I feel like that has a lot to do with it. I feel like if I was at home like on a screener, I would just be like, whatever, maybe. I don't know, but... It is where I saw the movie, so that's part of the experience now. So I I, I enjoyed this. Yeah, uh, me me and five other people uh, went to went to this like <laughs> midday showing of, of 
<laughs> spiral today. So yeah, it was very weird being back in the theater and being like one of a couple people in this giant empty movie theater. But yeah, I enjoyed it too. I was going to say, when I, when I got to my theater, I was the only one in it. I had the whole theater to myself. The whole, time? the whole movie? Well, I got through the trailers and I was like, there's no one else here. I've always wanted to and I've never seen a movie by myself in a theater. I've, I've gotten close a couple times and this was probably like my best chance in it. I got through the trailers. The movie started. I was like, there's no one here. This is it. This is – it's going to happen. <laughs> and then like someone two, came in. Two minutes into the movie, two people walk up those stairs and oh, I'm like, no. damn it. <laughs> so, I, I shared a theater. I think there's only three of us, which is like crazy. Like, yeah. I mean, this is definitely the most empty theater I've, or theater experience I've ever had and – I liked it because it, it still made me, you know, it made me feel safer, you know, like I, I would feel very uncomfortable when I walked into a theater and it was, it was completely full, right? Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not going to complain that my, my theater was empty at the moment. I mean, I went to a press screening and there were only four other people there. I was surprised because oh, wow. I went on Tuesday, but there weren't that many people there. I, I thought the experience was great. They give us free popcorn or drink. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, when I got to the theater, the, the people working at the concession stand, seemed very, very happy that I was there. <laughs> they were like, hey, hey, welcome. Thanks for, you know, coming in. And do you guys want, you want anything? And I think they were just like, please come back. So, you know, I, we can have a job. Yeah, I, I, I kind of felt like I was putting the whole movie industry on my back by uh, buying, <laughs> yeah, some, right? buying, buying, buying some nachos and some Butterfinger bites. I was like, you know, I'm not really usually into this ripoff, but I feel like I got to support the American film industry. So <laughs> it was just also just part of that being back in theaters thing too. Yeah, like if you're going to the movies all the time, you're not going to always spring for the outrageously overpriced concession stuff. But I was like, you know what? My first time back in theaters and God knows how long. Let's do it. Yeah, support the business, support the industry. Yeah, good, good or bad, take it for what it is. It's always going to be the first movie I went back and watched after the pandemic, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, when we talk about this pandemic, which I'm pretty sure we will be talking about for years, I'll be like, Spiral is somehow connected Spiral. to my own personal history now. I think this was my first as well. I'm, I'm trying to think if uh, I don't think there was another one. So yeah, I was gonna say it wasn't Tenet. It was Spiral. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, what about that uh, – so like that ending trap, I agree with you that it didn't really fully hit the way you want to as far as being like a real wham ending. But I liked the cops shooting Samuel L. Jackson at the end there. I thought that was really good. It kind of tied into me to like a lot of the stuff that happens in real life. I don't know if you guys have seen this, but like once every couple of years, the cops will shoot a black undercover officer. Mm. Really? And then just be like, oh, yeah, we like are bad. Like, we didn't know he was, like, actually a cop. I'm not surprised at all. <laughs> it's happened at least a couple times that I can think of. But I honestly, I don't remember the name. So, like, maybe someone could fact check me on that or whatever. But, like, I don't know. I, I remember it happening at least a couple of times where they, they, they shoot the guy or fuck him up or whatever. And uh, it reminded me of that. And, like, I know the show, like, you were saying, Jeff, it's very kind of thin and maybe, like, ham-fisted in its uh, commentary. But. I did think that was an appropriate ending. So I'm of two minds with the social commentary because, you know, it's a very charged discussion topic right now, you know, with police brutality and black people. And you know what? I don't want my Saw movie to tackle that, actually. <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? I don't think it has the narrative economy to tackle that effectively, so I don't want it to do it it's not the venue yeah, it's not the venue right so i'm okay with that and 
I just thought this was just kind of thin, and that's fine. I'm I'm okay with it. Because ultimately, it wasn't even that, though, right? Because these are just corrupt cops in the sense that, like, it's it's a movie trope, right? There's corrupt cops in any any kind of, like, crime movie that we see or mystery thriller or whatever, right? Like, it is so close and adjacent to, like, our real lives right now that you can make that tie. But I don't think the movie ever tries to because it doesn't ever go into, like, the idea of, like, you know, white cops versus black cops or yeah, the white people yeah. against black people. Like, it, it's, it's just talking about cops that are corrupt. Like, here's the thing. Like, Samuel L. Jackson is a black man and he does get shot and killed by cops in this movie. But they play it straight in this movie where he's just the ringleader of the corrupt cops, you know, and he's killed in revenge by the jigsaw copycat, right? And And that's all there is to it. I mean, there's that racially charged imagery there, but... Yes, exactly. They're not really trying to say anything of real substance there, so... Which I think is good. It's good, it's good. That's that, that's good. I agree with you on that. Like, that's good. Um, They just did the imagery and then, like, hey, like, you know, draw your own conclusions. Uh, I was going to ask, what did you guys think of Chris Rock's performance? I actually liked him. He, he did some Chris Rock bits in the beginning with yes. all the marriage stuff. Just like, oh, this is just, like, a Chris Rock bit from, like, 20 years ago. <laughs> and I guess he's, like... Just went through a divorce a couple of years back, so I guess it's just I don't know. Maybe there's something personal going on there. I don't know if he's like, yeah, hey, he does. He does a whole Forrest Gump routine. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. At first, I was like, this is weird. It's like, oh, he's doing Chris Rock stuff, and then when he stopped doing that and kind of eased into it, I was like, yeah, all right, I, I could see this. I wasn't as like horrified by this. Some people, do people were like. The worst torture in this movie is Chris Rock's acting. Like, all right, all right, all right, chill out, yeah, dude. I didn't, like, I didn't think it was that bad. I think you're waiting, you're waiting your whole life to fucking write a sentence upon like, go fuck yourself. Like, it, he wasn't that bad. Like, come on, dude. It wasn't that bad. He was fine. No, he wasn't at all. It was, he was, he was fine. Samuel Jackson was fine. I think he hadn't acted in a while, and I think he was just a little stiff here and there. But this, yeah. I mean, come on, he's better than half of the protagonists in the Saw franchise. It's these Yes. You you, you have some star power there and and he's in a different caliber, right? Absolutely. I just like seeing him and Samuel L. Jackson uh on screen together. Like it Me too. I, I wish Samuel L. Jackson got a little more screen time. Yeah, I wish he had a little bit more to do. And I like Max Mangella too. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking Divya Narendra from your guys' favorite movie. <laughs> Social <network>. um, <laughs> He's like perfectly fine in this. What I would say about the the Chris Rock performance, though, is that I do agree that some of his timing a little bit sounds like he's trying to tell a joke, but it's not. You know, it's it's not a comedy, so it does feel rhythmically strange the the way he he delivers lines. Oh, I agree. I think some of the bits are a little off. Mm. But then also, he do you guys notice he had like the scowl that he uses a lot in the movie, like where he like squints his eyes a little bit, like the sun's a little bit too much of an eye. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Every time yeah. he finds a new body. Yeah, it's like a squint. <laughs> I was like, okay, I get it. You're trying to be very serious, but... Yeah, the squint looks weird. I don't think you need this. Yeah, the squint was very weird. But I agree with you guys. It wasn't bad. And you're right. Like, this is probably like, the most, like, the biggest star, like... The franchise has we, ever had. We've had yeah. really, like, attached to this franchise. So, like, I'm, I'm glad. And I'm glad he doesn't die. Like, I'm like I'm glad he's not, like... I mean, I guess the second biggest star maybe is Donnie Wahlberg. Um, yeah. Right? In that movie, I think he was corrupt, right? If I mm-hmm. remember correct. Or not corrupt, but like a terrible dad and not the best cop. So like he he's the victim at the end of the movie. Like, you know, Chris Rock's never the victim, right? In the sense that he was never the target. Mm-hmm. So it is interesting that if there is another movie, maybe we will see Chris Rock return. 
Yeah, they they hang a little lampshade on it, right? With like he he he's uh, he wakes up handcuffed to that uh, pipe, and there's a saw. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was funny. I liked that. That was a funny little yeah. uh, nod to the to the franchise's beginnings. I, I did like that. Yeah, I I, I like that ending. Okay, so in another movie, is Shank the hero in another movie? Like, if you tweak this movie slightly. This motherfucker's like Batman, right? He's going after corrupt cops. Like, okay, I guess he's like horribly like torturing and murdering them. But like the whole corrupt, like going after corrupt cops plot line is like a hero plot line. Yeah. You know what this reminded me of? This reminded me of uh, that Gerard Butler movie, Law Abiding Citizen. Have you ever seen that? I did not see that. Or he's just a dude who goes after evil people and then he he's like – pitted against Jamie Foxx. It's very similar to this. I mean, he's pretty much the antagonist in the movie, but, like, he's going after all the people who've wronged him. But, yes, I do agree. I think if you tweak this movie, he is the hero, I guess. Like, I wanted to be, like, hot take. The Saw guy is, like, Officer Shank's actually the hero, but I don't think that's really true. But the most interesting thing, I think, from this movie is the last conversation that him and like Chris Rock have about like let's work together right like I'll make the traps you set them up and let's eliminate all the the corrupt cops like at that point I was like huh that would be kind of interesting right like this this whole movie was like an origin to like like you said like a hero story rather than this whole time we're thinking like oh this is a villain that we need to catch but if he really is out I mean killing is should never be condoned and it's not like a hero act but like I could see another movie where they they did end up together and they're like let's do this let's let's uh let's take out some you know shitty cops. I would watch the shit out of that movie. I would really like that. That would be cool. So I mean isn't there a a, a precedent for that in the Saw franchise, right? Like victims being recruited to become part of Oh the, yeah, more than once. More than right? even like twice. So like <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's a, so so it's a through line. Like, that's prob. I mean, is that probably where they're going it, with the next installment if they bring Chris yeah. Rock back? Like, they actually do team up and go around, like, I don't know, fucking I mean, up. the dude does yeah, kill his I dad. Know, I was just going to say, <laughs> Shank did just kill his dad. That's so true. That's true. They might put a little kink in the partnership, but... Because I, I thought, like, in a different movie, like, I thought when I was watching it, maybe Samuel Jackson was in on it the whole time. Like, his blood wasn't actually being drained, right? Like, it was all just a show. So, like, to test Chris Rock if he was ready oh, for this. Like, and all three of them would team up or something. Yeah, and all three of them would team that up. That would have been right? interesting, been too. Interesting, just a little, a little actually, twist yeah. on a twist. Yeah, but, like, I, that's where I thought it was kind of going. And then I was like, oh, no. The ending, I understand, is very much like the first, you know, Saw movie where it just kind of ends abruptly. Yeah, it felt very abrupt. I think what works in the the first one, it, it has that really great buildup. Tobin Bell gets up and that music kind of crescendos and starts building and then he like closes the door. This one just felt too abrupt. There was more still to be answered and to, to still be kind of picked at just a little bit more where I just felt like this was the wrong ending time yeah, for this movie. Yeah, like the ending on this one, it wants to call back to the first Saw where, you know, the main character gets fucked over and then the killer escapes and they, you know, close the elevator door. Or, or in the first saw, he just slams the door, right? And they mm-hmm. want to ape that moment. But the drama isn't really there because Shank already was talking to Chris Rock's character for like 10 minutes, you know? And then he just rides up in the elevator and he's like, okay, bye-bye. 
instead of you mean like Tobin <laughs> Bell like coming out of the floor with like the dead person makeup and he's like peeling it off and he just slams the door on Lee Wanell's character in the first one, right? And and that's just way more effective because it comes out of like yeah, nowhere it and it's such a great twist, right? But it's fine. We'll we'll see where it goes. I do think the Max Minghella Shank twist is very predictable. I saw that shit oh, come in yeah. as soon as they found his body. The tattooed skin or whatever. If you don't see a real body, like you can't discount anyone as dead in anything these days, right? And yeah, then I, I need to get I need to get genre savvy. Yeah, exactly. You know, that the point in the movie where I was like, I was kinda rocking with this killer before. He's fucking up these corrupt cops. This guy's pretty cool. <laughs> and then he and then he kills uh Shank. You know, Shank, then I'm like, well wait, Shank isn't a corrupt cop. Like that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And so yeah, of course that's it the explanation. Is Shank. I guess the question is we realize they're corrupt, but do the cops ever realize that he's targeting corrupt cops, right? I guess that's the question. I think so. I think so well i mean or maybe they're all corrupt like it seems like the whole place is pretty fucked up i think, they, I think it's like the gotham city police force <laughs> yeah. before Batman. like it's just everybody's everybody's fucking just complete i held out a little bit when they showed shank being like flayed you know on the on the butcher's block or whatever and i was like okay maybe i mean like you don't see his face like he's completely flayed you can't tell who's who so my money is he's probably the killer. And by the time they made a whole deal out of telling his family that he's dead and then never actually doing it on screen, then I was like, okay, this mm. dude's like... Because they made a whole big thing. I was like, oh, we got to tell his wife and he's got oh, a we gotta kid. We got to tell his wife and kid. And they never right, fucking do it. Do. Because oh, they're not fucking plan. real. Yeah. So I knew immediately, like, all right, he's he's the guy, right? And also structurally... Like, who else could it be? Oh, no. It's like, structurally, it, it doesn't play out like the other kills, right? Yeah. The other kills, uh-huh, we, right, right, like, right, right, just right. saying, like, we actually get to see the actual death of the person. Yeah, yeah. This is the only one they hide. Yeah, it's that's a very good yeah. point. I, I think that was the big clue to me, like, oh, that's him. It's him. Mm. I miss the Billy puppet, man. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think the pig, puppet, uh, the, the pig puppet is kind of fun. But well, well, I mean, it's really it's, on the it's, nose. It's right? the cop thing. Yeah, it's the cop thing. <laughs> I miss Billy in the iconic Tobin Bell jigsaw voice, which. Yeah, I miss the tricycle. The tricycle. <laughs> <laughs> that's the creepiest it's part creepy about the dog. It's, it's like, it's like super fucking creepy. riding along. Yeah, it's fucking scary. It's absolutely as shit. super creepy. But I'm glad that they don't lean all into it, right? There's just, there's nods to it, right? Like right, the actual right, right, spiral right. Is, is a nod. Like the, the fact that it is a puppet, but it's not the same puppet is like a nod. So like, I do appreciate that it's not like just trying to make another Saw movie and not call it Saw, right? But even though Saw is technically in the title. I do think the movie falls into the same pitfalls all the other Saw movies do. I think except for the first one, maybe. Where all of the twists are twists out of omission and concealment rather than yeah. like any sort of cleverness, right? Right, yeah, they just don't. They just don't show you the stuff that's important and it's super cheap and it's very much cheating, I feel. Because the whole thing is that Chris Rock reported this corrupt cop who shot a witness, right? And the whole thing is like, you don't see that the witness is... Max Minghella, uh Shank's dad. And he's like hiding in the bathroom the whole time. So he witnesses that and he has like this revenge in his heart this entire time to take down all these corrupt cops. So they don't reveal that 
he's in the bathroom until the very, very end, you know? So it's cheap, right? They always do stuff like this. And, and this is definitely in the same wheelhouse. But Jeff, he told you from the very beginning of the movie, this is this was all about Samuel L. Jackson's character. Yeah, he does, he does say that. It's all about your dad. Yeah, I remember that. He does. There's a video of a pig doll holding up a gun. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I, I think all those things were just so cheap. Like, to, to have that aha moment be that was was a little lackluster and I think just not earned. It's not uh, the usual suspects, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, speaking of like, I don't know, the killer's identity being cheap or whatever, I guess there's no way it would have been possible. But I was like, what if Chris Rock had been the killer on some Fight Club shit? <laughs> that would have been, oh, cool. yeah. <laughs> been cool. Like, he doesn't realize he's doing it, but he's doing yeah, it. Yeah, because, like, he does have that motivate. He does have that same motivation as Shanked, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. With the corrupt cop thing. And then... That would have been cool. I think the only place where, like, it does fall apart is when he's... Is with uh, his boss. Played by Marisol Nichols. Yeah, the Captain Marisol Nichols. Right, because in that one, you do see that he, he can't be in two places at once or whatever, right? Like, he's yeah, yeah. running towards the act of her being captured, but it's, like, clearly somewhere else. It was like, for all the other ones, you don't know where he is when they happen, right? Yeah. I feel like up until that point, it could have been him. And then when they do that weird, like, little flashback of, quote-unquote, shanked being flayed, I was like, huh, like, that would have been interesting. I don't know, it just made me think, like, what if Chris Rock had they done, they'd done something fight clubby? The captain murder in this actually made me think that there might have been somebody else. Because, I mean, the the thing that this doesn't do very well with that particular scene was kind of like spacing. Like, where, how far is this? Because, you know, there's an inciting incident where a co- another cop gets attacked and it draws all the other cops' attention away from the actual precinct. But then he's there to then capture the captain, right? So he was there to do do the attack, but then also... Captured well, maybe captain. someone like, else does the attack. I don't that's know. That's the thing. Like that's what made me think that maybe there was another person, but then it never really is revealed. You, I guess you just assume that he it was close enough, or he attacked maybe. that person and yeah. then booked it to the and then just precinct immediately. Yeah, I guess. But yeah, I think that was like at one point I, I was thinking, oh, maybe there is two people, and that's why I thought maybe it was Samuel Jackson. Oh, okay. Chris Rock being the killer would have been fun, though. Cause, like, yeah, that would have been really right? fun, actually. That kind of makes that's, sense, that's too, you know, because he's, like, dealing with all this police corruption, and he maybe has, like, a psychotic break, and, like, he doesn't even know. And one of the guys does even, like, point the finger yeah, at him, yeah, like, yeah. oh, yeah, like, like it, it, was it you, or is it you, something like that. I don't know, that would have been cool. I feel like the Marcel Nichols kill was pretty brutal, It was too. pretty brutal. Like, the hot wax thing, and then, like, the choice she's given isn't very good. It's like, oh, you have to sever your spine. Or I'm going to boil your face off with, like, boiling wax. Dude, that was it's awful. Brutal. And then Chris Rock, like, peels the wax off and, like, yeah, oh, Basically peels her face off, yeah. I was a little surprised they did that to a woman. I know that it's been done in the Saw franchise before, but I don't know. I feel like people shy away from, like, that kind of violence against women. I get that. I think I was a little shocked, too, because it was, it was such a brutal and, like, disfiguring death. You know, yeah, you don't typically see that inflicted upon women, and it didn't really shy away from that. Yeah, it was it was it was pretty rough. But at the same time, it was also probably the least gruesome of the kills. Yeah, like I feel like if I if I saw her going through any of the others, I would have been like, "Yo, this is wild." So yeah, because it doesn't really get gruesome until 
he Chris Rock shows up. At the, yeah, Chris right, Rock shows yeah. up. And like they just show the dripping and her yeah. screaming, but they don't. It's not explicit in the act, right? So yeah, that was the one thing about that kill that was different from the others. Side note: She looks great. By the way, I did not know she was forty-seven. Yeah, man, you've always had a thing up. for Marisol Nichols when she was on Twenty-four. <laughs> she played That's right. Nadia Yassir. Remember? <laughs> That's right, Nadia Yassir. Yeah. Uh, one trap we didn't mention was the glass shooter. That oh, was yeah. nasty. And that's another one where, like, it was meant to kill the guy, right? Like, he says the test was that you were supposed to let him die. I mean, I guess that's the biggest difference between, you know, Maynella's character and, and the Tobin Bell Jigsaw character, right? Like, this guy is, is seeking revenge and he wants his victims to die. Mm-hmm. Uh, versus, I think, the Jigsaw always plans to, like, he's trying to free them in a sense. Like, you know, once they go through this ordeal, they'll be a, a different person, a better person. Versus, I think... Shane straight up wants to murder these people. Yeah. And then the fact that Chris Rock jumps in there and, like, you see pieces of glass, like, in his face. It yeah. was rough. And he pulls out that shard out of his arms. I was like, oh. What's the worst trap to go through in this movie? I think it's the fingers, man. I think the fingers are pretty bad. Worse than wax? Because, like, when you were watching that scene, like, you started to see it, like, severing Dude, at the it's joints. Brutal. It's Yeah. And I it's, was like, uh, it's that rough. one was the one I was like. We brought this up earlier. Like, it's not just a quick, let's rip your finger off and it's like a split second. That thing is tearing, right? Ligaments. Yeah. And- Amir, you said it like, you can't just choose. It's like, oh, I'm going to sever all my fingers and that's it. You have to actively go against your own, like, physiology and psychology to keep doing that to your own fingers for, like, a yeah, solid no two way. minutes to rip those fingers up. Yeah, it's, like, super slow, yeah, too. It's that's not, fucking yeah, sucks. It's not like a that cleaver. It's not like a cleaver comes down and just chops off all your fingers. Like, you have to, like, do it to yourself. But hot wax in the face also is... Dude, the hot wax... Because it's on the, the face. The, and, the choice between, <laughs> and the choice between hot wax and paralysis is not a good one. That's either. not a good yes, choice. Yes. Like, at the end of the day, like, the finger one's awful, but if you can make it through it, yeah, you don't have any fingers, but you are still alive. And, like presumably, like, the rest of you is intact. You can walk, you can, like, I don't know, use the bathroom, you can probably regain some functional capability afterwards or whatever. The hot wax thing, if you take that choice, yeah, you're quadriplegic after that, right? The opening trap is pretty bad, too, though. I I, I would just be yeah. like, alright, you know what, just let the train hit me. I don't want to fucking... <laughs> At least that's fast, that's quick, right? And the worst thing about a lot of these traps is, like, the person will start to try to yeah, escape and then, not, yeah, and then not make it. Well, the guy in the on the train was, like, he was jumping. He was basically jumping, and he, he does sever his tongue, and then it's just too late. When he's falling from his severed tongue, he, he gets hit by the train. So. Yeah, he just took too long, but... That sucks. Don't get trapped by the jigsaw killer, people. Or, <laughs> or be my That'd be my advice. <laughs> Yeah. Or the yeah. shank killer? I don't know. He doesn't have a name in this one, right? Don't be a corrupt <laughs> cop. <laughs> that is the advice that the shield and now um, Spiral has given us. But the original Jigsaw was kind of a dick, too, because he didn't only just target, like, criminals and bad people. Just like some people, like, he didn't think were living their life to the fullest. How, yeah. how fucked up is that? <laughs> well, that's yeah. not your business. Let let them waste their lives, you know? Yeah, you're a bad dad because you missed one soccer game. Trap time. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I remember some of the excuses, how he would pick some of these people. I was just like, it got more of a right, stretch or more, got more convoluted. Yeah. And I'm just like, eh. 
but yeah, this is a clear line. Like I do appreciate that this, or it is more of a clear line, right? These are like corrupt cops, right? There's a line to it. This is kind of Dextery, right? Whereas the original Jigsaw guy got a little hannibal where you're like, oh, he's just doing it for his own gratification. Right, right, right. Who's the, I don't even know what the word is, the most justifiable serial killer? Like on the Dexter to Hannibal scale, who's the most, is there anyone who's more Dextery than Dexter where you're like, oh, this guy's quote unquote motivation is almost understandable? Like where he could be the protagonist of a show? Thanos? Okay, I guess excluding fucking cosmic Marvel supervillains asshole. I mean, <laughs> okay. like, serial, I mean like serial killers, dude. I'm not talking about like... I mean, he kills a lot of people. Uh, he does. <laughs> but it's not serially. Technically, it's all at once. I don't know. He goes... He Before he did He's the snap, he went killer. planet to planet. So... Well, that, <laughs> it, you know, there was a pattern true. there. Fair enough. He's a bit of a genocidaire. That's fair. But in terms of actual serial killers, is there someone who's more dextery than Dexter? It's just like the pop culture example. There's this show called Mary Kills People with Carolyn Davernis. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. Do like Carolyn Davernis. She plays like end of life counselor and she starts like an illegal assisted suicide business. Oh, wow. I've actually never watched it, but I feel like that's a little more justified than, than Dexter. Than Dexter. She's like the freaking, this is the bee lady from Hannibal. Yeah, yeah, it is. Making the, the fucking hive out of her, uh, yeah. I don't know, we'll see. Dexter's coming back, too, so. Is it? Seems like a terrible idea. Yeah, maybe it's Dexter. I mean, I, I guess I haven't watched too many serial killer shows, so I can't I can't answer this confidently. I'm just throwing it out. I mean, Hannibal's pure evil, <laughs> I feel. But he's awesome. He rocks. That show whips. Can't blame the dude for being awesome. So, anything else you guys want to say about Spiral? I was pleasantly surprised by this, maybe because my expectations were low, and I'm not the hugest fan of the series or the genre. Have you seen any of them past the first one? No, I don't think so. I would say Officer Shank did nothing wrong. <laughs> he's uh, he's not quite a killmonger, but um, he I, I did like his weird ass motivation. It was kind of something different from the usual. If anyone's got to die horribly in a Saw movie, it's, I guess if it's a corrupt cop, it's kind of okay. And they weren't just a little bit corrupt. They were, like, shooting witnesses in the chest and shit. Yeah. yeah. And just, like, murdering kids because they, like, flipped them off. Like, these were some really fucked up cops. And they're not just, like, this is not like some all, all cops are bastard, like, anarchist shit. This is some shit where I feel like anybody would be like, oh, these cops are fucked up. I guess the captain and his dad, I guess, orchestrated the whole thing or just let it slide. Is that their crime? I think so, yeah. I think the, I think it's the covering up for and ordering the corruption and, and uh, all that. Well, I would say is that, like I said earlier, I, I'm probably the one who enjoyed it the least. But at the same time, this is one of the new movies in theaters right now. And I'm always an advocate for going to theaters and watching things. So if you are looking for something and you feel safe enough to go to a theater, I mean, definitely go check it out. I mean, I, th- I still think it's a good time in a theater. Yeah, for sure. I was talking to my mom about this movie, and she was like, I was like, would you recommend it? And I was like, only like reservedly, like to certain people. Right. So like, I feel like if you're the kind of person who would like Saw, then it gets a recommendation. Yeah. But like, you got to know what you're getting into, right? Yes. Well, there's a huge divide in the critics' reviews for this movie between just like horror fans and non-horror fans and people who can appreciate the kind of good time that this kind of gore and brutality 
you know, like gives people like a high, you know, and, and there are people who appreciate that and people who don't. And there's like a huge divide in the reviews. And I think it's interesting. I think there are people who think this is utter garbage. And there's some pretty spicy takes where some guy was like, well, anyone who enjoys these types of movies shouldn't be allowed near children or small animals. Or okay. <laughs> I'm like, wow, All right, man, this is a fucking New York Post. But I'm a totally functioning member of society and I like these movies. So there are people who definitely have very visceral reactions against these types of movies. And this isn't even, this is pretty tame, I think. It's not even that gory. It's pretty tame because I'm not a fan of these kind of movies and I was able to like. But Amir, is your mom into this kind of stuff? What'd she go say? Not, not at all. all. Okay. Yeah, okay. That's probably not a recommend. No, this was not me recommending it to her at all. I was just like saying this is what I saw. But I'm surprised that your mom even asked you if you would recommend this movie, right? Does she want to go into a theater? Is that why no, she wants to go? No, not at all. She, we were just talking about it. It was just like a kind of like a sum up your feelings about this movie. And I was like, oh, I see. I was like, well, qualified recommendation based on, you know. Like, I knew, I knew, already knew she was never – like, we both went at the conversation knowing she was never going to see it. Like, that was not on the table. <laughs> I see. All right. Well, if that is all for this week, I think that will conclude the show. Uh, Jeff, where can people find you? You can find me on my blog at Strange Harbors, and you can also find me on Instagram and Twitter at Strange Harbors. What about you guys? Um, you can find me here on the pod not recommending the Saw movie to my family members. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Derek? Uh, you can find me at The Wrong Dake, Dake spelled D-A-Y-I-K, and that is for Instagram and Twitter. If you like this podcast, the easiest way to support our podcast is to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or any of the other popular podcast apps. If you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, please do us a favor and give us a great star rating. It really helps to get our podcast out to more people. Yeah. And if you have any questions, comments, suggestions, anything you want to add to our episode on Spiral from the Book of Saw, feel free to shoot us a line at jeff at strangeharbors.com. We like to hear from our listeners and our fans, so feel free to shoot us a line. All right. With that, we will see you guys next week with Zack Snyder's Army of the Dead. See you next week, everybody. See you guys then.